0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial, independent thinking, shared success.
1: And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, January 13th, 2021. Appreciate you being with me today. Now we're all aware of the coming changes, and the stock market is looking ahead. But there certainly is going to be a lot of turmoil. Okay, no one knows really. when. When both houses and the presidency are with one president, with one party, uh, the stock market tends to get pretty nervous about that. Remember what the stock market likes. So the stock market likes certainty. Okay, and it doesn't really care for uncertainty. So. Even though, with a Democratic president, prospects of a higher stock market are pretty good, that they're higher spending, you know, that we're going to come out with another spending package. But still, the stock market overall generally likes certainty, and with a split government, it knows, that it, meaning the stock market, the participants knows, there's not going to be a great number of large changes. That's what it, that's what it prefers. Anyways, of course, certain sectors are going to work very well, and certain sectors are going to work very poorly. So it depends on where you are, right? So we're all going to have to keep an eye on it. So it's a puzzle. We just, you know, with the pandemic fallout and the vaccine coming out, and how long is that going to take, and how long before we can get back to a normal life, all that stuff is uncertain. We don't really know for sure. Um, but it looks, and of course, you've got the politics, there's a bunch of theater at this point. Lots of theater going on. So, um, but you, as an investor, you and me and all us, we need to kind of sit back and say, well, what are going to be the changes and how that's going to affect my portfolio? That's real. You got to be on guard. We can't afford to let our guard down. So, one thing I could say for sure is that you have to be prepared. Be prepared for the volatility that you're going to see. Learn how to compensate, deal with it. Don't freak out. Don't ever get out completely of the market, no matter what happens. You gotta do you do have to protect your assets. I totally understand that, but learn how the market works over time, not over a week or a month or a quarter or even a year over long periods of time. Three, five, ten years. How does the market work? I'm Steve Peasley, and today in this program, of podcast, I will do my best to give you unbiased answers to financial questions. That's what this Invest Talk show is all about, you asking financial questions and me trying to help you with the answer. The number to call is 888-99-CHART. That's 888-99-CHART. So how would the market do today? What did they do? Well, it didn't do much of anything. The Dow was down 8. The NASDAQ was up 56. And the S&P was up nine, so not a lot, much to do about nothing today. Um, no matter what's going on in Washington, the market, mm, you yeah, know, kind of shrugs it off. If the market was really worried, it would fall sharply. If it was happy with it, it'd rise sharply. But it does. It's neither. It doesn't. It's not being. It's not being impressed with what's going on in Washington. It's not being upset with what's going on in Washington. It's just a ho hum for the market. Okay. So that's what it did. What do you want to talk about? This is a, this is a call-in show, an information-packed podcast, call-in radio show. So let's get right to our first caller. Eight eight eight. This is George
2: from Washington,
1: and I have a question about ticker B A H.
2: One more time, B A H. I'm kind of concerned to invest in this company. I mean, it's involved in IT stuff for government, which I think is going to grow in the future, especially after the attack last time. I see there are really decent return on investment and uh, return on equity. However, I'm kind of worried about the debt. And when I look on their quarterly report, it seemed to be really improving their cash flow and decreasing the debt. But overall, still, um, kind of would like to get your opinion on it. Thank you.
1: BAH Booz Allen Hamilton provides uh, defense, intelligence, and civil management and technology consulting services. Defense, intelligent, and civil management and technology consulting services. Okay, it's a $12.6 billion company, so it's a big cap, selling for $91.36 a share. It's going to make $4.18 next year. Okay, so... What is that, 25 P.E.? And the five-year range is 15, 16 to 27. So it's at the top of its range for next year's earnings. And you're right, it does have a lot of debt. Pays a small dividend, 1.4%. Growth rate is about 11%. Okay? Uh, it's going to grow. Its earnings 11% next year after growing 18% this year. And sales have been pretty consistent between 9 and 11%. So I'm giving it the 11%. So, right now, it's a bit overpriced, and it's a bit overpriced based on next year's earnings, Uh, but it does have a great return on equity, 59%. That's huge. And the cash flow is strong at $3.88. Mutual funds, they are net buyers over the last year, but not by a tremendous amount. For instance, there was 1,115 mutual fund owners or or. Not necessarily just mutual funds; they could be all. It could be other institutional owners. So, eleven $1, hundred and fifteen. Now it's going to be now, as of December, is twelve hundred and ten. And why is that important? Well, because mutual funds a lot of funds have lots of money. If they're buyers, they will help support the stock. The stock, <laughs> excuse me, has moved up nicely, and uh, I think it's. I I I I wouldn't buy be a buyer at this price. It's too expensive. If anything i would probably be a seller at this price we don't know what a new administration is going to do with this company because they provide defense intelligent and civil management and technology consulting services will that go up with a Biden administration or not i don't know be honest i'd have to look in deeper to see what kind of contracts they have you're listening to invest talk i'm steve Peasley, and we make it and we made it we made it to the new year We're now in the second week of the new year, 2021. Keep in mind that though the continuing uncertainty, the task of building our financial freedom still continues. It is always, you got to keep building on it. You cannot afford to backslide, everybody. Your goal of financial freedom will require information and effective strategies. And we should talk about that. And your participation is very important in the show. So please call 888-99-CHART.
3: Markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. The good news? You can get unbiased guidance on demand from InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. Listen live or download the free podcasts. And now the phone lines are open. Your questions are welcome. Call Talk. Eight 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 ninety
1: nine chart. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seventy. Let's talk to Lucy. She's in New York. Lucy.
0: Hi. How's it going?
2: Um, I just have a question about um, the legal issues surrounding this Google, Facebook, and I'm wondering. Um, there's been a slight dip on Facebook and uh, not so much on Google, but I'm wondering if there. This would be a good time to buy into these shares because of that. Or better to wait to see how the dust settles with the legal...
1: It's interesting, Uh, it's really fascinating to me because normally Democrats hate big corporations. I don't want to say hate, that's probably wrong. Democrats would be more open to breaking up big corporations than Republicans and here we have a fully Democratic government and Google and Facebook and and other big tech companies really support the Democratic Party. So the question is, are the Democrats going to pursue a breakup of these one, two, or three? or all of these big, huge companies or not? My gut feeling is, after the dust dust selling settled, I, I think they're still going to attack them. I still really think that that's going to happen. Um, I I have been saying since last year or the year before that these companies are going to be broken up at some point because they're getting way, way too big and too dominant in their fields. I mean, look at Google. I mean, look at Amazon, (laughs) Facebook, where else do you go? It's definitely
2: better
1: to wait on buying to see what happens. Well, see, we happen to own, you know, I own a couple of these. I think there's nothing wrong with owning them because what will happen, let's say they break them up, Lucy, let's say they break them up. What that means is you're going to own two companies, Google search and Google everything else, you know, because Google's getting into all kinds of things. So there'll be two companies and you'll have shares of both of them. And I think both of them will be successful. It kind of reminds me of AT&T when you probably were just, you know, you were probably a child um, when they broke up AT&T into the, the Bell systems, to all the different Pacific Bell, Southern Bell, Northeast Bell, like 12 different companies, they broke up AT&T. If you would have held on to all those companies, you would have been made a fortune, because all of them continued to thrive. So if Google or Amazon, if they break them up into different companies. I don't know. I I don't, I wouldn't be necessarily opposed to holding some of the companies they break them up into. So I, so I don't think, I don't think you should run from it just because that. What if it doesn't happen and they keep growing? So, you know, no, so I I wouldn't be afraid of owning them. Lucy, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. My focus point today. Will rising bond yields put pressure on growth stocks? Will that happen? The yield on the 10 year treasury now is over 1%. Below, it got, was what down to 0.6%. Now that's a yield, 0.6% a year. Now it's over 1% a year. I'll elaborate, I will elaborate on that later. Also, um, what are some investment things for 2021? We talked about this before. I think I'll mention it again. I want to discuss estate planning. and i got to do it in simplified terms because it's a pretty in-depth subject. Hydrogen technologies. Have you ever considered that? At a go for in growth area? Did you, did you see what GM's doing with their new, uh, EV vehicles? Brand new, out today. And I got some Warren Buffett sayings. I got lots of stuff to go through if we can get to them. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Maybe if I got this to, I have time? Maybe I can go through Warren Buffett sayings right now. Here's three of them. Okay, the first rule. These are some of his rules. Rule number 1: Never lose money. Rule number 2: Don't forget rule number 1. That's one of his famous sayings. Another one: If a business does well, the stock price of stock price eventually follows. If the business does well, the stock price eventually follows. So, you just have to be patient. And of course, you know he's patient. He buys companies for a very long term. Um, and finally, how about this one? Is it better? It is better to buy a wonderful company at a fair price than a fair company at a wonderful price. Anyways, it's a new year, and I want to take a minute or to be make you aware of the benefits Justin Klein and I can offer client investors through our company KPP Financial. First, we are based in Irvine, California, which is in Orange County, Southern California, between San Diego and L.A. Uh, uh, thanks to technology, we can review your portfolio and offer strategic guidance, and you never have to leave your home. Pretty easy. Keep in mind that here on Invest Talk and at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and a shared success. We mention that almost daily, and this is a very good. This is very good for our listeners and our clients. We think we well, offer unbiased guidance. Parallel investing, meaning I buy and sell the same thing for myself as I do for you. At the same price, same time, same everything. So, my performance will be like yours. So, we'd love to take a look at your portfolio and see if we can help you. Be happy to do that. You're listening to investcom I'm Steve Peasley. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. The calendar says 2021. And we know there will be many changes ahead. So, naturally, you'll have finance and investment questions. At least I hope so. Okay. So, and now, your participation is all important, part of this program. We are taking your live calls now, 888 99 Chart.
0: Now is a good time to call Invest Talk.
1: I had a question on my 401k.
0: We're here for you. What's your question? 888 99 Chart is how to reach Steve right now on Invest Talk.
3: Riskalyze. It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com.
1: 99 chart, let's talk to uh, JR in Long Beach. He wants to talk about Foley Tresman number two. How you doing, JR? All right. C., how are you doing? I'm good. Appreciate the call.
2: No, I appreciate everything that you and Justin do for all of us, man.
1: Thank you. So, you want to talk um, about this? So, yes. What yes, brought your I do. attention uh, to like it? I
2: said, um well i noticed that they recently uh are um trying to uh finish a merger with uh paysafe which is a uh i'm trying i'm thinking about getting into the digital transfers um as you probably mm-hmm. heard firm recently had an ipo and that stock pretty much doubled um so i feel like that's a catalyst for this as well as the deal that they're currently using with uh paysafe which is um just a digital transfer but they're more focused on the gaming sector i see so um you know, similar to PayPal and Square, but they're focused on like uh, draft teams and um, more of the online gaming space and online betting. So I was kind of wondering, right. uh, what are your thoughts on this company as far as just a future outlook?
1: Okay, well, this is a blank check company. Uh, you know what that means? They're for the company was formed to acquire or merge with another company. This company has nothing. Uh, if you know, it doesn't have anything other than the backers of it but it doesn't have a business until it buys or merges with a company. And so you you really don't this company means nothing to you. What really is meaningful to you is who they're merging with, as you pointed out. Does that company have earnings and does that sales and growth look like a bargain? Cuz this is $16.33 this shares. How much is that company that it's acquiring worth? And what kind of risk you know, what kind of risk premium are you willing to give it? What if they don't do the deal? Then they got to go find something else. So you know you're, if you're buying this company, Foley Transmin, however you say it, BFT, if they don't do the deal, then they're going to start all over, and this stock is going to head down fast. It looks like the deal is priced in because it was selling for $10 or around that range, and it jumped up to 16 when the talk started to get serious. So, I think you got more, I, I would probably wait till the talks are, comp- if they actually buy something, and then, then I can analyze it. I wouldn't buy it on a, you know, just on a hope that the deal will go through. It's very risky. Now, the deal might go through and it might go higher, but, you know, I don't like to buy companies that have no earnings, no sales, no nothing. And blank check companies are like that until they buy something. So, be very careful, JR. It's pretty risky. My focus point today concerns the question Will rising bond yields put pressure on growth stocks? Now we're talking about downward pressure. The yield on the 10 year treasury, you know, does influence mortgage rates, and the 10 year treasury is rising. So that's going to affect that as well. Now, why? Okay, 10-year treasury is at 1.13% now. Do you remember the days not that long ago is well below 1% yield per year? So, if you think about it, what is that telling you if interest rates are rising? It's probably telling us that that we're going to see uh, a rising inflation. Okay, it's probably telling us that. It's probably telling us that the, the Federal government's gonna to to issue more debt because they're spending more money. And someone's gotta buy that debt. But of course we have the Fed buying a lot of debt. So why do you think why would tech stocks not perform in such a thing? Well, I'm not saying they won't perform. I'm just saying that it looks like if inflation comes in and the COVID vaccine works. Interest rates will start to rise or creep up. They won't, they won't go up any dramatically. That is all a recipe for value stocks to work because the economy, not here in the U.S., not only here in the U.S., but around the world will start to improve. And a rising 10 year treasury is kind of telling us that, that the economy is going to improve. So long term, tech stocks are, are probably going to be just fine, but you may see a short-term pullback in them, and, and I don't think you should necessarily worry about it. I'm just thinking you're going to – it is way overdue to see a rotation from growth to value, way, way overdue, and it may not happen. I mean, I could be wrong here, but it seems like the scenario being built around a recovering economy, world economy – we already see a little bit of inflation going. Look how oil is done. It, remember, it was $19 a barrel at one time. Now it's, what, 50-something? So it's everything it seems like commodities are going to start turning around. It seems like the value stocks are going to come around. I think you have to be prepared for that. Okay, the cryptocurrency world has been volatile lately, but many experts believe crypto is here to stay. I think so. So as we go to break, here's to my trivia question. When... When I say when, which year did cryptocurrency first emerge? And what is the nickname given to it to what it is generally regarded as the first block in the Bitcoin network blockchain? After the break, I will supply the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open. I encourage you to give us a call here at Invest Talk at 888 99Charts.
0: Good advice. Spread your money around. Stick to a well-thought-out plan for carefully divvying up your money so no single calamity will destroy your portfolio. Want to talk about it? 888-99-CHART is how to get through right now.
4: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with Hacker One's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com, HackerOne.com.
0: You are
3: listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888
1: 99 Chart. Okay, before the break, I had a, uh, a trivia question for you. When, which year did the cryptocurrency first emerge and what is the nickname given to what is generally regarded as the first block in the Bitcoin network blockchain okay so the subject of cryptocurrency how it works and its short history it's pretty complex stuff so I can't really get into great detail about it but I can set forth a definition and touch on some key facts a cryptocurrency or crypto uh, for short, is a digital asset designed to work as a medium of exchange, where individual coin ownership records or are stored in a ledger form. So it's a medium of exchange, like cash would be a medium of exchange. Dollar bills would be a medium of exchange. So the cryptocurrency ledger exists in a form of a computerized database The database ledger uses strong cryptography to secure transaction records. The security process is also used to control and create additional coins. So you can see how important it is to keep that, you know, keep that accurate and confirmed and honest. It's every transaction with a cryptocurrency is tracked. Okay, and to verify the transfer of the coin ownership, that's what that measure process is all about it typically does not exist in physical form there's no paper money nothing like that and there's really no central authority like a government or anything now in 2009 bitcoin emerged as the first cryptocurrency however the concept had been introduced by a computer engineer named Wei day Wei day in 1998, remember Bitcoin 2009, but it first came up in 1998. Prior to blockchain cryptocurrencies, other attempts at creating digital money assets had occurred. The main challenge they faced was double spending and counterfeiting. So you can see how important that cryptocurrency has that ledger, that blockchain they call it. It has to be super secure. Okay? Okay, a public blockchain is, distributed, is a distributed ledger, similar to a database, which has, some, has different key attributes. So it's a ledger out there. A public ledger is decentralized. There are no third party involved. Distributed, the ledger is spread across a whole network, which makes tampering difficult. It's also encrypted. It's also anonymous. Once a data, once a, once a data is added to the ledger, it cannot be removed or altered. One of the problems is the amount of computer, uh, space cryptocurrencies take because every, everything is tracked back down to the beginning, the invention of the coin, the first issuance of the cryptocurrency coin. Every transaction that coin makes is kept on the ledger. You see how that would build over time. The first Bitcoin mine block is known as the Genesis block, Genesis, like the book of Genesis. Now, unless you need to become a blockchain expert, understanding how blockchain works is probably best left as a simplified explanation. I mean, you don't really need to know all the details. It's very complex. It can get very complex. Let's talk to Alex in Virginia, wants to talk about Home Depot or Lowe's. Alex.
2: Yeah. Hey Steve, how's it going? Uh
1: thank you for taking the call. Thank
2: you. Yeah, so um I'm looking to build a position on dips, um, on either Home Depot or Lowe's. So I got a kind of two part question here. Sure.
1: Um,
2: you know, in this situation or example, you know, Lowe's has a lower market cap, so there's more upside there. So, you know, I'm twenty nine and stuff. Um you know, would you usually go on upside when comparing two companies like this on the market cap? I think like Comdi has like a market cap of like two hundred ninety-five million. low one twenty-four. There's like several factors that go in choosing the the company. The p ratio, maybe there's dividends. So, would you I, go I, I... for upside in this case? And which one do you like best between these two on these levels where the share price is at?
1: Okay, I don't think I would focus on market cap. Okay, that's not really telling you what has more upside potential. Market cap is only a function of the price of stock times a number of shares. It's not a function of growth and sales, or earnings, or return on equity, all the things that mean value for the company. The market cap is just the size of the company. Now, the bigger the company, the, the bigger it is, Usually, the law of large numbers comes into play and it's harder to grow. If you're looking at it that way, then I can understand it. Um, Home Depot is growing about, its earnings about 15, 10 to 15% per year, and sales have just recently increased about 23% last quarter. So even though it's a large market cap, it's still growing nicely. The PE ratio is kind of in the higher range of its of its of its um, five year range and low let's take a look at low. low home depot symbol is hd everybody lows symbol is low now low is actually um, pe ratio is 20 and that is also in the high part of its range it's sales also is about 28 to 30% the last couple of quarters and it's you know it looks like it's earnings is is A little bit better growth of earnings, but it also has lots of debt. Let's take a look at Home Depot's debt. Go back. I had to flip back and forth the screens here. Yeah, uh, Lowe's has a little bit more debt. So Lowe's look like the better company, but you're taking on more debt. So that kind of, in my mind, makes it. It might be taking on debt because it wants to expand. It's expanding its locations. And I do think it. By the way, uh, Alex, I think there's a good space to be in with a recovering economy going forward. I think this is and Lowe's and Home Depot. They, you know, they operate home improvement supply stores in, in the United States and Mexico, all over the place. And I think that's a good space to be in when the economy is growing. And you can see how they recovered. So they've done pretty well. Alex, good luck with it. I hope you get. You can buy a little of each if you want. Thank you. Thanks for the call. 888 99 chart is my number. GM has announced that they are going to have their Bright Drop commercial vans. That's what they're calling it. Bright Drop commercial vans are going to be available to FedEx. So they're going to ship. These are electro, electric vehicles. These are vans for FedEx. They call the vehicles called the EV600. They're going to have the first 500 delivered to FedEx by year end. So this is the. Now, the reason why I'm mentioning this is because they're the first ones that are really getting into the commercial vehicles in any way. There's a couple others out there trying to do it, too. Don't get me wrong, Ford and some startups. But GM seems to be uh, in in the lead here. Okay? GM said they were going to spend, by 2023, uh, $27 billion on electric vehicles and autonomous driving vehicles that's up 35 percent from a year ago so they've increased their projections to spend more money they will have 30 electric vehicles by 2025 electric vehicles are we all know that they are getting more and more and more popular and with a fully democratic uh, government they're going to be pushed even harder in other words gas they're going to the government is probably going to continue its attack on gasoline vehicles now i don't you know the the, the electric vehicle industry is just in its infancy it's going to take years to have any substantial size but it is a, a growth area especially for us investors looking for growth areas this is a big one this electrical vehicle and everything around it is a big growth area, so I'm just bringing it up that this is somewhere where you might want to focus some of your invested dollars. Okay, let's go to uh, let's go to Carl in Ohio. Carl,
2: hey Steve, uh, love the show. Listen to the podcast every day. Thank I you. I got a question. I
3: finally uh, built my brokerage account up enough to potentially pay off a seven percent student loan. Would you advise taking the guaranteed 7% from the loan? Or with as uh, lucrative as the market has been, would you recommend staying in it?
1: I think the market's going to do pretty well this year, 2021. But if you're going to give me a choice, if I can not pay 7%, can I earn 7% in the market? Probably. But I'm going to have to take risks to earn that 7%. Paying off a loan at 7% is no risk. So if you're going to, if you give me the choice one or the other, I'd probably pay off the loan. All right, thank you. is it in, you know, of course, you know, I could be totally wrong. It might have been better to stay in the market, but I like that guarantee 7% I don't have to pay. If I don't have to pay it, it's like I earn it. I earn 7% and I don't have to pay it. So that's what I would do. And I'm kind of conservative on that and that kind of thing. Carl, good luck with it. I hope it hope it works for you. I like to fit in as many caller questions as possible, so let's grab one now from Maryland. It came in earlier at 888 99 chart.
2: Hey guys, Robert here from Maryland. I love the show. I just wanted to see your thoughts on Pinterest, P I N S. It's obviously a social um, social media platform, and it's actually had a lot of growth, you know, with e commerce uh, and how it targets people and, and their interests to buy the product uh, from what they're interested. wanted to see your guys' thoughts on that and possible price entry to, to get into interest. It's a hot stock, so I uh, wanted to see what you guys thought of it. So I will hear on the podcast. Thank you so much. Love the show. Thanks. Bye.
1: It is a hot stock. The sales are growing 50% a quarter, so that is very good. They... Uh, they're gonna make 28 cents in 2020. We haven't got the final numbers yet. Remember, urgency is starting, right? Probably no one's paying attention to it, but it is. Uh, But next year, they're gonna make 64 cents a share. Okay, so it's growing really fast. So what's the price of the stock? Gonna make 64 cents per share, and it's a $72 stock. Okay, that tells you it is like a 100 plus PE ratio. Uh, is a growth rate of 50% in sales worth it? Is that worth $45 billion of market cap? So, no no doubt that it's a good solid company, that it has a really good growth, uh, a good growth uh, path going forward. And when will it cease growing as fast? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. But for me, this is a, I'm telling you that the market's probably going to, move over into value stocks away from growth so it's not something that unless it got unless it had a really big pullback would i be interested in? it's just too expensive is it a good company yes is it solid yes uh, but i i don't know it's just too expensive for me uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't invest in it i would invest in high-risk companies but with very little of my overall assets i would be much more interested in the value side of the market at this point Okay? Thanks for the call. I'm Steve Peaser. You're listening to InvestTalk, and you are not alone. Now, as you might assume, uh, the greatest number of our listeners are here in the United States, but there's quite a bit all over the world, which we're pretty happy about that. In Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, Germany, Japan, all these co- We have a lot of people. It's amazing to me. Switzerland? Okay. Anyway, it's kind of a surprise to me. It really is. Um, um so. Saudi Arabia, Russia, India, Thailand, Korea. Can you believe that? So Justin, I just want to thank everybody for all the downloads and listening to our show. We do appreciate it. We appreciate you talking to your family and friends because obviously you have. And uh, re- recommend them, listen, Give have them, give us a call, see if we can help them, answer any questions they may have. You know, this whole area of investing and what to do and how to do it, you know, no one teaches this stuff. You don't learn in school. So the you know, our show is trying to change that a little bit of course you know don't think we're we're trying to be all you know just just be on one side we know this is our our marketing tool but we also want to help we want to help and that means teaching people about how this how the market works okay so anyways um 888 99 is our number 888 992 the Hi My I love Justin the
2: from Reno. I have bought a stock. The symbol is FRO. It has a 30% dividend. I was getting ready to sell it, but I noticed the ex-dividend date says 9-10, so September 10th. I was wondering if I was safe to assume that the ex-dividend date should be somewhere around December 10th for this quarter, but it hasn't been announced yet. The other thing that I was wondering is maybe they cut that since it didn't show up. I'm a little confused on how to find out when dividends actually going to be paid and when the ex F- dividend date is. So if you could explain that to me, I would really appreciate it. Thank you.
1: So this is Frontline Limited. FRO provides tanker transportation services of oil and oil products throughout a fleet of 71 vehicles. And these kind of companies, these tanker tr- tr- tanker transportation companies, are notorious for not letting us know or being consistent about the dividends. So don't be surprised they're not telling you. Because their earnings is so erratic. I mean, they're going to make $2.15 in 2021, and they're going to make $0.54 a share this year. The yield was 26%. It's hard. These are very difficult. So I I, I stay away from them because I can't, they, they're too too, it's not steady enough for me. This is InvestTalk. I'm CEPs, so and we have one goal here, help you achieve financial freedom. Same goal every day. And, of course, the work will continue after the break, so get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART.
0: Are there special rules when you're investing in growth stocks? Or what's your question? Why not ask it right now at 888-99-CHART? This is Invest Talk.
1: 99 Charlie. We're going to talk to James in New York. Hey, podcasters. Hi, James.
2: Hi. Um, well, good evening, Steve. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you for the call. Um, I'd like to ask you about um,
2: APPS Digital Turbine. I purchased uh, shares at thirteen dollars per share, and I've done very well with it. Needless to say, I was just wondering if maybe. Adding to that position might not be a bad idea, or if it's uh, a little overbought at this point.
1: I wouldn't add to it. I'd probably take some off the table. It's at $57.62, everybody. So you did a really good job, James, at $13 to $57. Uh, Whenever something like this, this is, in a year, it's gone up tremendously. Whenever that happens in your life, it's not the best to add to it because it's already made a huge run. Things don't go in one direction forever. So I would take a little off the top. It looks like it's starting to hesitate here right at the $57, $58 a share. Uh, and that wouldn't be surprising. I mean, it's had such a good run. It, it, it's APPS, Digital Turbine, everybody develops mobile software that enables mobile content distribution and transactions. Sales growth, the last quarter, 116%. The quarter before that was 93%. The quarter before that was 45 So it's accelerating its growth rate. So it's going to make $0.85 a share next year. So that tells you, you know, it's around what? Uh, well, uh, 45, 50, 50 PE, which is not that bad for that kind of growth rate. It really isn't. So, James, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if you held on to it. I don't know what percentage of your portfolio it is, but I would probably put a trailing stop to cut back. If it breaks like the 50 day moving average or one of the, whatever my trailing stop would be, I would cut back. I wouldn't get rid of it, but I'd probably cut back. I wouldn't add to it. Now, you watch. I'm telling you not to add to it, and it'll probably uh, keep going. I mean, this is 635% above its pivot point, and and that's huge. So I'm just saying it's probably overbought, James, due for correction. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Okay, um, how about um, we talk about for a minute uh, investment themes for 2021. And I mentioned already, we're probably seeing the beginnings of a rotation from growth to uh, value. And the only reason why I say this is because if you've been watching for the last week or two weeks, maybe three weeks, you can have big days where NASDAQ is up big, bigger than the S&P, but bigger, higher than the Dow, and then a day when it's way below percentage-wise than what the Dow did on an up day. Usually, the Nasdaq will lead. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a follower. It's a leader. And even though it still looks in an upward trend, it is, it looks like we're starting to see some volatility between the two. So if you have a relationship, you look at the relationship of charts between value stocks and growth stocks, you can see that the value stocks are starting to move in relationship to growth meaning they're moving a little faster than growth, even though growth might be moving too. So what, what, are, what are kind of areas, so that generally, generally that theme, if it's true, will benefit larger stocks versus smaller stocks, okay? And also that theme it would be dividend-paying stocks would do better. Commodities would do better. Uh, biotech kind of stocks would do better you know things that have good solid growth prospects and are not expensive they're cheap value Okay, and as you know Warren Buffett that's the, kind of what he does he buys value he doesn't buy growth that's why he didn't perform that great in the last couple of few years because the market has been all growth not all growth but much more focused on growth so just an idea just an idea I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Talk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about the free podcast downloads. We post a new program each weekday shortly after the end of our live stream broadcast, which concludes at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So get your free downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify at InvestTalk.com, and be sure to review and rate us. Also, we ask you to call with your questions anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We want to add to our voice bank so we can answer your questions on the next program? 888 99 chart is the number. Independent thinking, share success. This is Avesta. Good night, everybody.
0: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically.